Empire. Thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy. And y'all know, as you can tell, Will T isn't in the building. Well, you can't tell. Will T is in the building. Parts. And we're also parts of Ampire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. Uh, Ampire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider mike jones you can subscribe to our podcast on stitcher spotify itunes tune in iheart radio and google podcast just search the urban sports thing what's good ray jeezy what's happening brother you can also find our show on podcast dc the new local app with hundreds of options in local news health and other dmv region download the podcast dc after hear all the empire shows as well as other great content of course don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Thank you, my man. Will T would normally say this, but he's not in the building. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll discuss the Supreme Court ruling that college athletes can now get paid and how that affects HBCU's host of the In and Out, Out Sports show on WOL 1450 AM. Coach Butch McAdams will join us for this segment at at. 825, we'll talk about the Washington Wizards' top coaching candidates. Finally, we'll talk about the NBA Finals. But, Ray, can you introduce our guest? Our guest? Absolutely. Of course, his brother is joining us now. Needs no introduction. <laughs> and he's one of the most dedicated coaches that I know. He was once asked, well, if he had to choose whether to coach Shaq or today Beyonce, he would choose to coach Shaq. He's, of course, <laughs> like he just did, the host of the In-N-Out Sports Show on WOL. Welcome back to the Urban Sports Scene, the Hall of Famer, Coach Butch McAdams. How you been, Coach? Man, look, I'm doing well. Thanks. <laughs> Always a pleasure. But that was the easy one. <laughs> I need you to explain that because somebody I'm, am I lost? Can somebody explain that to me? Like, how did that come into well, the whole? Explain it, man. It's easy. It's easy for me. Someone once asked me whether or not if I had an opportunity to choose one, Coach Shaq or date Beyonce, I didn't hesitate. I said I want to coach Shaq, and the reason is it's easy to find a pretty woman. But it's mm-hmm. hard to get a good big man. Well, you know, that's what I mean. Oh, but hey, coach, this is the thing. In today's NBA, though, because, you know, they kind of like they screwed today's NBA big man. So it kind of, I don't know. You know, today's, you can't be a Shaq. They won't allow you to be a Shaq in today's NBA. <laughs> well, but, but that, no. See, my response to that mm-hmm. is the game hasn't changed. Okay. Uh-huh. okay the court is still the same length. Mm-hmm. The basket is still mm-hmm. the same height. Yep. And the rim is still, you know, the same uh, uh, diameter. Mm-hmm. And, and the ball's the same. Mm-hmm. People change the game, but that doesn't mean that the game has changed. No, I agree. And, I agree. Mm-hmm. And, and life, especially sport, is a copycat situation. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, and you guys know this as well as anyone, that when you have a team, that has had a certain amount of success doing something, then everyone else wants to copy it. So true. And looking back, mm-hmm. the way the game is played today, I would think that the Golden State Warriors started this trend. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the Golden State Warriors had the personnel to do it. Mm-hmm. They had Clay Thompson. They had Kerry, and they had some other guys, of course, when Durant came. Mm -hmm. But they had people that you wanted to take the three that could consistently hit the three. But there's so many teams that are taking it, and they can't hit it. So true. And (laughs) when I see see percentages of 9 for 40 or something like that, 
it, it reminds me of one of my favorite sayings when I was coaching. Mm. Hey, guys, fast nickels beat slow dimes. Mm. Mm. Uh, coach, I always love the wisdom. And, Coach, I'm going to hold you to this, too, man, if you agree. If we have enough time at the end of this segment, we're going to have to have a Ben Simmons discussion. I heard your take, and I love it. Wole is a huge Ben Simmons fan. It would be great for our show if you got a couple extra minutes at the end. But we'll see if that's cool. But let, let's get well, down I've to business. I've got time. I've got time for you. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So, Coach, as we are all aware, the Supreme Court made a ruling that, you know, led to the NCAA making changes to an archaic policy that, you know, now every NCAA athlete in the country will have the opportunity to start making money for their names images and likenesses and coach you had andrew white on your show who played at utep and and as soon as this ruling came down last week i received a text from a brother saying five elite players need to choose or five elite black players young black players need to choose one hbcu get all the endorsements and further elevate black schools we're going to call it texas western 2.0 so does this now make an even playing field in terms of recruitment your thoughts no, I don't think it makes it an even playing field in terms of movement. I think it makes it even more difficult because, wow, look, hey, in in America, and you know this this isn't a socialist or or communist system. This is a capitalist system. Mm-hmm. And let's say football, for example, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Penn State. The usual suspects with Bix, Michigan, with with large stadiums seating 90 to 100 plus thousand people for four or five times a year, mm-hmm. with boosters being able to dish out large monies, the advantage will still go to the larger schools, as I mm. see. Mm. Yeah, but now, if, let's say, for example, and I've been saying this for years, I'm talking for years, that especially in a sport like basketball, where you're dealing with fewer numbers, if you had for for two years three of the top prospects nationally or locally decided to go to a HBCU, that HBCU would become dominant. That mm-hmm. HBCU would be on television. Mm-hmm. That HBCU would go to the tournament, and it, because now it's it's about whether or not you can play. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, and and that's why I think you have schools like Jackson State yeah. and and the other schools are hiring. Big name former football players oh, yeah. who have little or no coaching experience, but they have tremendous name recognition. I.e., Deion Sanders yeah. at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Now there's a there's a debate, guys. On well, look. On one hand, Deion gets a job, and he's never been a head coach at the collegiate mm-hmm. level. But on the other hand, Deion has a big name. And when you go to recruit a four or five star uh, student athlete, hey, who better than Dion that can say, look, not only have I played in the league, I'm arguably the greatest corner, mm-hmm. so I can teach you yeah. how to make it on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I have contacts to help you make it on Sunday. So, no, no, I, I'm in favor of it. And, and, and Coach, to your mm-hmm. point, too, to your point, um, I think even, you know, Dion didn't coach or, or would not. It really didn't, it doesn't matter, especially when we're talking about HBCUs because we're in a disadvantage anyway. To your, to like the point of, you know, what the money, uh, what kind of money these big institutions put in, you know what I mean? So to your point about the ruling of the Supreme Court, that was what came to mind to, for me. It was like, it's going to make it even harder because now you're going to, these kids are going to be throwing even more money now since it's like, a, it's going to be a wild, wild west. So a lot of these kids are going to be throwing even more money. But I think that when you have a person like Dion or you're having a Marshall Falk or whoever is coaching some of these kids up, now it's like, okay, I'm getting wisdom from one of my idols. So now I'm, I'm more on the side looking at it like, oh, I don't need this. I'm getting all of the, the secrets of the trait from a Hall of Fame dude like Dion Sanders or Marshall Falk 
and I'm going to be able to play the next level and make and get the bag when I go into the league. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and so that's the advantage that the HBCUs have in hiring mm-hmm. guys with name recognition. But to your earlier question, no, I, I think the advantage goes to the big money schools. Now I don't know how eventually the the ND, I mean, not the NBA, but the NCAAs will work it out. This is how I see it possibly that they can have a, um, a stipend. They can in, increase the amount in terms of the stipend across the board equally for all Division One athletes. However, when you go to a bigger school and, uh, you know, what's to say that you go to Ohio State or, or Alabama? And one of their big alums who owns a business will say, hey, I will give you a job or I want you to come and sign autographs in my uh, sporting goods store Mm -hmm. and I'll give you $300,000 for a month on the weekend. Mm -hmm. They can do that where maybe some of the HBCUs maybe Mm -hmm. don't have that type of support from their boosters. Mm. I'm glad that you have the perspective you have, Coach. And just to further add to your point, Reggie Diaz was just hired or is reportedly going to be hired at Bethune-Cookman, which is another step in the right direction. And I love all the steps that are being taken to, to again, elevate HBCUs. I say again because HBCUs at one point in the past could compete with these major programs. We know this is the case. North Carolina A&T used to be a great college basketball program. FAMU was a great college football program. And it's just sad how these bigger schools have now swung the pendulum in any direction over the past 30 years plus. And I'm hoping and what I'm seeing is that this change is coming. Steph Curry donating to Howard is also another step in the right direction. And the brothers that, you know, on this show and myself, we all are graduates of HBCUs. We're passionate about this. And when I was in college at the University of Maryland Eastern Show, I spoke with a coach. And what he told me was the biggest difference between us and these biggest schools is they can offer a bag of money when they grow into a recruit basement or a house, and we can't do that. We can't make these offers that they can. Now I feel like that's changing with this rule, and this is just me. And with all of the, the movement with Black Lives Matter and players, including Donovan Mitchell, who wore an HBCU jacket on television, Stephen A. then wore it. I feel as though we're moving in the right direction. And this case and this, this ruling actually I think will help. Maybe it won't be the determining factor in swing and recruiting, but if Mark Few can build a, a, a big program out of Gonzaga, a small school, which is the best school in that conference, and HBCU can and will, I feel like, soon do it. And hopefully this ruling will help. Well, I, I, I think that it will help. But as I said before, if – and, and let's let's stay stay in basketball because mm-hmm. of the smaller numbers. And you used the example of a Gonzaga. You're absolutely right. But I still say this: that if a top four or five star basketball player goes to a Howard, a Morgan, a FAMU, it's going to because it's going to be because of a social consciousness not because of the money, mm, because exactly. then once, yeah. once again, guys, the, if, if, a, if a HBCU can offer, let's say hypothetically a hundred grand, mm-hmm. then Southern California, UCLA, Alabama yeah. can offer 300 or 400 mm-hmm. grand. So it's not going to be about yeah. the money, but it could be about the social consciousness. Mm. Yeah, I agree with but, that. But also, let me say this. And as I said before, for well over 20 years that I've been on the airwaves, I've been an advocate of these four or five star student athletes selecting HBCUs, but don't select. And we hear, not to get social, but mm-hmm. to make this point, mm-hmm. we hear the term. We need to have our dollars circulate more in our community. Oh, yeah. Support mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But also, I've said this, that no one should or will support you simply because you're black. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Be black, but have a good product. 
Mm-hmm. And some of the HBCUs, things are getting better, but some have not really put any emphasis at all on athletics. Now, um, you mentioned A&T. A&T, from what I understand, is one of the exceptions where they really try with limited budget, but they try to have a very first-class uh, sports operation. But that can't be said about some other institutions. Now, Howard University, which is near and dear to my heart Mm -hmm. here in D.C., they're getting better. But Howard, for years, have de-emphasized athletics. Mm. It is criminal for them to still be playing in Bird Gymnasium. Mm. Mm. And if you look at the athletic facilities, if I'm a top-flight athlete, why would I want to go to Howard and play football? Now, you know, Howard's a great academic school. They have a great legacy. You know, hey, if, if, if you're a young man, they have beautiful women. Okay, <laughs> Beyonce like. <laughs> I, I can get all of that. I can get all of that and, and go to an A&T. Mm. Okay, which mm. puts some emphasis and takes pride in their athletic department, or maybe at Jackson State, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So mm. my point here is this. Yes, I want to see top student-athletes select the HBCU, but HBCUs, you got to up your game as well because mm. no one should support a business or an entity simply based on color. So true. Mm. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Amphire Media. That's Amphiremedia.com. Right now, we are talking to host of the In and Out Sports Show on WOL 1450 AM, Coach Butch McAdams. So, Coach Howard University, I want to use that that school too because that that school is a, is the mecca of HBCUs. Um, they have a great alum alum alumni, a notable alumni. Could a could a school like that have boosters? To help bring kids, say, against it because of the ruling, could help foster or paying kids to come to Howard to play basketball or whatnot. They could, mm-hmm. but yeah, they they certainly could. But I don't think that as of now, the the interest mm-hmm. and the passion is comparable to like a Penn State or or an Alabama or an, or, or an Auburn. Um, Auburn, because again, you've got multimillionaires who are graduates of those institutions, but it's important and they take great pride in their athletic programs. You know, they want to brag at the tea parties and, and, and the dinner parties mm. that, that their school is number one in the country or number two or number three. I don't know if a lot of Howard alums feel that way. And it's an, and I, I put that on the university because for so many years, the university de-emphasized athletics because in my opinion, I'm not saying it's fact, but it's my perception that they felt that if they were to put emphasis on athletics, it would compromise their academic standards. Really? And okay. I say crap to that. Mm. You know, look at Georgetown, look at Duke, look at some of the, look at the job that, um, uh, 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 that, 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 that Amaker, Tommy Amaker has done at Harvard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I think that the HBCUs need to, you know, and I don't expect them to have, Field houses on campus of fifteen, twenty thousand. But once again, for Howard to be playing in, at Burr Gymnasium in twenty twenty one, that's an insult. I, I think you make a, a great point uh, if, if, they th- if they if they have that thought process. Because even let's even go a little bit closer to home um, and a little bit back in the day, Mike Jarvis. Look, we did a GW. You know what I mean? Like that's not even that wasn't known to be a basketball school when he got when he was when he was trying to build that program. So you're mm-hmm. right. They, not knowing the area, I feel like this area is such a great sports town. Basketball to me, big time. It's a basketball town for real. And I mean, the Washington football team is the Washington football team, but really, it's a basketball town just town because of what we have here uh, in terms of athletes and whatnot. But 
no seeing it, you would think that Howard would kind of want to tap into that. Well, mm. if if you if you want to put emphasis on athletics, you would think. But mm-hmm. but as I said, now things may be changing now, mm-hmm. but for so many years, Howard did not emphasize athletics. Mm. And you're right. The there is no finer area in the country mm-hmm. that has a richer basketball tradition than the D.C. area. None. And and if you look at it, the first black man to win an NCAA Division One men's championship, a native Washingtonian. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The the first black man to call an NCAA men's basketball final four, a black man from mm-hmm. D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, the first black man to play, first black um, uh, uh, scholarship athlete at University of Georgia, a black man mm. from Washington, D.C. You look at Dave Bing and Elgin Baylor, mm-hmm. both from Spingarn, uh, to, to be on the anniversary NBA team, the, the, the 50, 50 greatest, greatest. players mm-hmm. back in the day. Kenny Carr. Adrian Dantley, two D.C. guys uh, on the 76 Olympic team. I mean, it goes on. And then when we have our, at least from my perspective, the Mount Rushmore, the four greatest players to come from the D.C. area, it's a no-brainer. And I don't think many areas in the country with far more population can surpass Al Mount Rushmore, Elgin Baylor, Dave Bing, Adrian Dantley, and Kevin Durant. That's that, that's hard to beat that Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Coach, you know I just had this discussion with somebody else. I'm not going to change the subject. You know what I mean? In, in, in their comparison to North Carolina, who has a lot of good players, including of course MJ and Worthy. But we won't go there today. Not to be talking about I, state now. I uh, know oh, that's, that's true. That's totally you're talking true. about that, that, that was my argument. I'm talking that was about my argument too. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly talking about my argument. Mentality and you know, like, like. Oh a, yeah, oh yeah, no doubt, man. Um, but real quick, let's generalize this discussion as as we bring it to a close. Like I said, hopefully you got to cover extra minutes for us. And I do. I, I just want to know: Do you think that this ruling may be bad for the quality of college sports or specifically college basketball? Because now players will have money in their pocket. Will they feel a little more comfortable? Will they work as hard to get to that next level like they normally do? I love the college game. Well, I, love the college I, game. I think what it does, it, 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 it equals things out. And, and what I mean by that is for so many years, this thing was a farce. And what happened, I think that, that what shed the light on the farce was last year, during the pandemic, during the heart of the pandemic, when college basketball and college football wanted to play. And and people will say, well, why would they put the students at risk? Money. Mm. <laughs> Money. And how in the world can you call it an amateur endeavor when you've got coaches in some cases making more money than NFL coaches. Mm. So I, I think it's long overdue. I, mm-hmm. I think it was criminal for a, for um, Joe Smith, for example, John Doe to be a star player at a university and he walks by and sees his jersey, number 15, in the bookstore selling for $50. He doesn't get a dime on that, okay? Mm-hmm. He leads his team to uh, a bowl. He doesn't get a dime for that, all right? You've got 100,000 people, 80,000 people coming to the stadium. He doesn't get anything for that. And as I said before, his head coach is getting four or five million. The coordinator is getting a million or two. And some of the assistants are getting, you know, six figures. So, yeah, everybody is getting 
rich except the players. And so, mm. no, I, I think that that is long overdue. And you can have equity across the board in terms of the stipend, but you can't have equity in terms of uh, how much a player can make off of his or her likeness. Yeah, I think that, that sums it up. I'm glad you had that take. And I, like I said, I love the college game. I actually, when it comes to basketball, I prefer the college game over the program. Oh, uh, the NBA game. Watching. Oh, now, oh, see, that's perfect. Now, if you want to segue, yeah, I'll be right say, what would I do with Ben Simmons? And I've said this before. If if I were the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons. Mm. I would now me because of who I am and who I know. I would call my good friend Adrian Dantley, and I would say, "Hey, Ad, I'll give you whatever you want. I want you to spend a month during the off season working with this guy, and I, and, and and this is what I want you to do." I want you to teach him post moves down low. I want you to get him stronger. I want you to work on his mid-range shot. And and last but certainly not least, I want you to work with him on free throws. I would do that, and then I would take the ball out of his hands and move him from the point position to the number four position because mm-hmm. the guy can do some other things and he's still young. So I wouldn't give up on him, but I could not like Doc Rivers has done, just let him be. And, and look, you know, I, I call it like I see it. Doc Rivers appears to be a great guy. Everybody that I know that know him says nothing but great things about him, but Doc is overrated as a coach. Mm. Doc is vastly overrated as a coach. And when you have the number, and he won the one time with the Celtics, but beyond that, when you have a resume such as his, where on critical games that that decides uh, advancement in postseason, and he's come up short, there's a reason for that. That's not just a string of bad luck. There's a reason for that. And and I've watched him. Guys, tell me this. Who loses at any level, but especially the NBA, leads of 17 points and 26 points in the second half? Mm. That's on the coach. I'm sorry. That is mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. It, it definitely is, um, you know, especially, uh, I know, because I'm, like Ray mentioned, I'm a big, I, I like Ben Simmons. I, I don't hide it or whatnot. I do like Ben Simmons, but I don't, but it is what it is. I like, you know, I've, I've coached kids and I've, you know, I've coached for a while and it, it gets to a point where forget the, the whole, all of the scared to shoot type of thing or this, that, and the other, but it's a mentality you have to have. And coach, you know this. I mean, you're a Hall of Fame coach, so you know this. Um, it's a mentality you have to have when you're in that basketball court and you can't fear the situation. You can't fear the moment. Right. You just can't fear the moment and you can't be worried about, oh, I'm going to go. To, I'm going to the line. They're going to foul me. I'm going to miss two shots. And just to not have that that confidence, especially being a, an NBA player, like to be an NBA player. And you, you can bring, bring an NBA player to the streets and he will give you 30, 40. And that jump shot looks good for some strange reason. This kid is, you know, isn't put in the work, you know, like in, in the offseason. To just become a 65 or 70 percent free throw shooter, no one's asking him to be Mark Price. No one's asking him to be Steph Curry, just to be an adequate free throw shooter and to be scared to that point. Now that that gets me thinking that okay, you're not. It's one, it's a confidence thing, so it's mental, and secondly, you're not putting in the work you need to put in because you've put in the work, then you would mentally be confident enough to say, I'm gonna take a free throw shot, or I'm gonna take a shot, I'm gonna take a jumper or whatever. So that tells me in the off season. When we look at all these alpha dogs, like all these dudes that want it, all these dudes, all these killers, like a Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, you know what? People have talked this kid up for so many years. Ben Simmons was the best kid come out of high school. We went to LSU. Like he's going to be special. He's going to be that. It tells me, all right, you've been gassed up so long in your life. You don't know how to really work. Now it's time to work and you got to lock yourself in the gym 
to at least make to make yourself an adequate shooter. Forget being a great shooter, just an adequate shooter. That's all that we're asking him yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. But again, during the regular season, and and I don't know. In all fairness, I don't know what was being said behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. But at least publicly, Doc would always say, "Hey, don't worry about Ben. He's going to be all yeah. right." Mm-hmm. Well, no. Yeah. At some point, you got to worry about Ben, and you got to tell Ben, Ben, you're not putting the work in. Mm-hmm. And look, man, at 70 years old, I'm 70 years old, mm-hmm. but right now, I could go to the free throw line at the NBA, and and right now, I could shoot 75%. Mm, tell him, Coach. Tell him. <laughs> tell him, Coach. Tell him. Now, now – <laughs> Now I can't take nobody to the basket and, and Lord knows I can't defend anybody. <laughs> but 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 at seventy years old, if if I took a hundred shots in any gym, hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna hit at least seventy five or eighty. Hmm. See that's all right, because that's repetition. It's it's muscle memory definitely mm-hmm. and and as i stated i'd bring in adrian dantley or someone similar to ad and work with this young man no, I... but you're right mm-hmm. you cannot have a player on the court doing crunch time that's afraid to shoot you you're literally putting your team at a disadvantage mm-hmm. of five on four. Yeah. And, and and you remember he went to the basket. Oh, my God. Where he could have had a jump. That's, and he passed it because he was afraid he was going to get fouled. That's what kills me. Mm-hmm. That play kills me. Like, when I saw that play, again, you're, this is a fan of Ben Simmons' game because I like a dude that, like, at a, at a particular point, if you can't, if, it goes back to your point, Coach, when you were talking about how if you can't shoot threes, don't shoot threes, right? Don't do it. Like, you can't shoot threes. If you're a bad three-point shooter, don't shoot threes, right? So what I like about Ben is that he knows his game. Like, he's not a great shooter because so he's not going to try to shoot. But it, at, at that particular point in time, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to see that. That's fear. That's different than anything else. Like, that's fear. That's not knowing that you can't shoot the basketball. That's just being scared. Yeah, no, no, it, it's look it, it is it's it, i i don't understand it but but guys also let's look at Giannis. Giannis mm-hmm. oh. mm-hmm. it's something that i've never seen a professional <laughs> athlete or, or a high school athlete mm-hmm. who air balls <laughs> from the free throw line in the first half <laughs> That can't be fatigue. It's it's mental. Oh, that's so mental, though. Right. <laughs> if they're free well, throws, you know what 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 I would call free throws. We used to call them they free money by, in the bank. They free, yes, free money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, money in the mm-hmm. bank. I appreciate it. This is why I asked you about this because before you referred to it as an abomination. But what's crazy is Ben Simmons was awarded a contract guaranteed for $177 million without being able to make a free throw. And it speaks to how different the game is played now as compared to years ago in your era and in our era. I mean, so much has changed. It's amazing. This is called a fundamental of basketball, and it's crazy. And it's important to have individuals like yourself, and others who can teach these these young people the right way to play the game of basketball. And I'm hoping that we'll see some changes and guys that do have the experience. You mentioned A.D., perfect example of someone who can help young players today. But, Coach, thanks for joining us. We always appreciate you coming on. You're always so gracious, so willing to just extend your time to us. And, hey, man, we look forward to talking with you again. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, as time progresses, we can do something in person in the future. Well, hey, look, um, I'm, I'm here to support you. You guys are doing a great job in terms of carrying the, the mantle and great, solid sports talk. And any way that I can assist, I'm just a phone call away. Thank you, and keep up the good work. And, yes, yes, uh, I hope I cleared it. I would rather coach Shaq than David <laughs> As I say again, I'll take my turn. Oh, you know what? You you walk down the street and you see a beautiful woman. 
You walk the next block, you see one even prettier, and on and on and on. But uh, how many guys are better to check? Okay, so, uh, I'll take my chances with the pretty woman, but uh, give me that big one. He feels your free throws even, Coach. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Take care, take care Coach. coach. All right. All right. All right. Again, that's Coach. Uh, but to our listeners, ahead, we right. went over time a bit, but it's okay. We can talk about the Wizards coaching candidates anytime. We can still talk to. No, we're still talking about. We're still talking about the coaches candidates. We are because that that's real popular. That we're good. still talking about. It. We got to, bro. Uh, the Wizards. We'll talk about their narrowing their coaching search and 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 whatnot. But y'all just heard the dope, dope Hall of Fame coach, Coach Butch McAdams. He broke it down for us. He broke. You saw he heard he had to say about Ben Simmons. The Beyonce thing is still cracking me up on the low. Um, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to get because I love Beyonce, so I don't know how to really go about that. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Even George had a comment about that on the on the on the tweet. George was like, "Yo, it's not that easy to find good looking women like that." But anyway, we'll talk about the Washington Wizards coaching candidates after the break. And listening to the Urban Sports say for ages, you dig deuces. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy. Like, like I mentioned, beginning the show, Will T is out again. We're part of Ampire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. All right, ESPN's Woj reported that the Washington Wizards have narrowed their head coaching search to several assistants. Uh, the four major candidates are assistant uh, Mavericks the Dallas Mavericks assistant Jamal Mosley Bucks assistant Darvin Ham and Charles Lee and the Nuggets uh, Nuggets assistant you know obviously he has like pedigree to this this squad Wes Unsell Jr. Hey Ray were you surprised we talked about Sam Cancel thoroughly and we actually thought it's a guarantee that he'd be at least a top candidate were you surprised that you didn't hear hear, hear him in the top candidate up uh, uh names when um Woj dropped the well dropped the Woj bomb or whatnot. <laughs> well <laughs> obviously Sam Couture is a personal preference. I was not surprised because he had a second interview. Okay. And from what I heard or he had an interview. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. He did yeah he had from one. what I heard mm-hmm. Tommy Shepard Tommy Shepard at this point is eager to find a defensive minded head coach. Gotcha. Sam Cassell is not that mm-hmm. guy. So you have two guys in Darvinham and West Unsell Jr., who have history with this organization, and both guys are defensive-minded coaches. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've seen success with Milwaukee, and you've, all, and you've also seen success on the defensive end with Denver. Mm-hmm. So that, those two names are not a shock. I'm hearing that mostly right now as a leading candidate. And again, when we're talking about improving the weakest aspect of this basketball team, which is defense, mm-hmm. these four names seem to make sense. With Mosley being the the number one choice in part because I I'm hearing that West Unsell Jr. 
is the top candidate in, in Orlando. Yeah, so it, it depends yeah. on what the Wizards are going to offer, and it comes down to who is going to improve the weakest aspect. What I feel is a mistake on Tommy's part is thinking that this offense is okay, as is. Yeah, yeah. I want the coach to come in that's going to be X's and O's and get guys in the right position to hoop. I like Rui Hachimura, who you talk about in nausea. Yeah, of course, of course. I think that you get guys who you get a guy who's who can relate to your team. You know what I mean? Like that's how I look at it. you. Get a guy that relates to your team, and and who's to say that Sam Cassell can't coach defense? I mean, I think that's kind of mm. who's to say he can't. Uh, last time I checked, and and, re, and he, he was on the he was on whose staff? He was on the Seventy Sixers staff, right? Wasn't the Seventy Sixers one of the best that's defensive right. teams in basketball? I think so. So who's to say Sam Cassell can't? He couldn't uh, coach defense, and to me, you got a guy that, and we, I said, this, we said, I said this last week, has the mentality to coach up Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook because, again, these dudes have they think pretty highly of themselves. Not to say they shouldn't, but they think pretty highly of themselves. And we all know that Sam Cassell thinks very highly of himself. He's a very confident, brash individual, and I think that that would work well. With those type of dudes, because they can't walk over a Sam Cassell, even though that's his first job, like they his first head coaching job, they wouldn't be able to walk over Sam Cassell because Sam Cassell is one is a champion. Um, we've seen that as a player, he's a champion, and as a coach, regardless of what you know, folks feel about Doc, he still has been coached up. He's been under playoff battled coaches. You know what I'm saying? So to me, when you look at sure. Sam Cassell, like I don't know why he's not in that. You know. That top list, you know what I'm saying? When I heard saw the top four, I was like, yo, you're making a big mistake by not even including Sam Cassell. You're making a big mistake. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. And, Wole, my response to that is who is the assistant coach is going to be on this bench? Yeah. One of Troy Halliburton's statements that he made when we talked about Coach Brooks no longer being the head coach of the Wizards was Scott Brooks, as, as Troy quoted, and yeah. I'm a, I say I'm a quote Troy, he said Scott Brooks is said to have one of the weakest um, assistant coaching staff in the NBA. Yeah. So if you do have one of these guys that maybe do not possess what Sam Cassell does in terms of his relatability, mm-hmm. I think you need to make sure you have a strong assistant coaching staff, which means you're going to have to come out the pockets. You've got to pay folks. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I agree. I think that, but you know what you do? This is what, and if you if you look at every, any young coach who's been successful, right? Uh, to be honest with you, who, who's kind of been new to the game or whatever. Um, they usually have a coach who's a vet who, I mean, a coach on that staff who was a head coach and, and, and a successful head coach at one point in time. So you, it's good to have that type of coach who may have fallen out, but you can put him on your staff because he's had experience and he can kind of help you as you learn to be a head coach. For example, we see this in Brooklyn, right, with Steve Nash and you got Dan Tony. Regardless of how you feel about Nash as a coach, you still had like a Dan Tony as the coach. Atlanta, even though it didn't work out with Pierce, but he had Nate McMillan on the staff, right? So usually, mm-hmm. you know, you have when you're kind of trying to find your way as a head coach, it's always dope to have like a veteran guy, a veteran head coach. Like the Lakers have a bunch of them. Like you look at the Lakers situation, they had Jason Kidd. They had um the dude who mm-hmm. used to coach uh, Milwaukee. I mean not Milwaukee, um the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh I forgot his name. But the after the, the black coach who's coached the Memphis Grizzlies, he's on the staff. You have a bunch uh you have uh now they're trying Hollins? Yeah Lionel Hollins is on the staff. Um uh-huh. yeah then you have um now they're trying to bring in well, the interview and not bringing Scott in Brooks. Scott Brooks. I hope not. I hope not. But yeah, there's, well, he could be a better assistant though. He could be a better assistant. So I mean, things of that sort. Like if whoever this team does bring in, because it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's going. It looks like it's going to be a young coach, a coach who hasn't been a head coach before. That they should have that, that on that staff rate. That they should have a. They should put money on the. They put a lot of money in the assistants, and they should. It should be a, a situation where. They bring in in within that assistant group a guy who's been a head coach before. And real quick, see, this is why people were saying that the Wizards should just go after a big name because they know the big name will lure good assistants like Penny Hardaway or yeah. Rod Strickland. You know, if you get one of these two guys, they're going to assemble a staff Agreed. that's going to make your team successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about Doc in the past. Doc had Thibodeau as his right hand man. Thibodeau was the the architect of that defense in Boston. Yeah. So the assistant coaches will matter in this situation if. The, if one of these four guys is going to be your head coach. And I'm hoping, I'm just hoping, though, 
that if you make this move, mm-hmm. that this team will have a noticeable and clear improvement on defense. Hopefully, bottom line. Definitely, hopefully. So we'll post this question on um, Facebook in this in the Wizards Nation group about which assistant of the which assistant of the four would make the best coach for the for the Wizards. Um, my man, well, no, no, hold on. Uh, my man Leo Augustine had Jamal Mosley, um, and my man Ronald has Wes Unsell Jr. Um, mm. I mean, I, I, I think Wes. A lot of people we're in. I, you know, I'm I'm scared for Wes Unsell Jr. Being, I think it's a lot of pressure if he comes here, and it's not a guarantee. If they brought, okay, this is my thing. If they brought in Wes Unsell Jr. to what you were talking about, right? They better put the bag in. To getting him a, some great assistance because they want to, they better make sure he's successful. Like they better make sure he's successful, and they got to do everything it takes to make sure he's successful. Like just like what the Nets did with Steve Nash, like they tried to make sure that this was an easy situation for Steve Steve Nash to be to have a good season. You know what I mean? Not to say what it didn't, they didn't achieve their goal which they were supposed to, but still, like to be to have a successful regular season. And, you know, go deep into the postseason for the Wizards to have a successful regular season. They better make sure that they bring, they hire, sign players, draft players, whatever, to make sure that Russ, Russ, um, let me sorry, Russ, uh, Wes, Wes Unsell Jr. is very successful. Cause mm-hmm. I fear. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Cause he has a lot of pressure. I fear for him though. Real talk. <laughs> yeah. At least he's a, a familiar name to the franchise. And I don't know if that matters to this current group, but. Again, I feel like your entire staff is going to matter, and you better improve upon those weaknesses mm-hmm. because one team that sought to improve upon many weaknesses was the Phoenix Suns. Two seasons ago, they hired PG County's own Monty Williams, and he currently is begin is going to be coaching in his first ever NBA Finals game as a head coach. Right after this show, Game One of the NBA Finals between the Suns and Bucks will happen. Will take place. We'll talk about the finals right after this break. You're listening to Urban Sports Team. Listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, 
and Ray Jeezy. Again, Will T is out. We gonna have. We hopefully we have Will next week, sometime next week. You know what I, you know what I mean? Because you know he's, he's he's the fan, bruh. Hey, anyway, we're part of Ampire Media. That is AmpireMedia.com. Game one of the NBA Finals, as I alluded to before the break, is going down between the Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks. It's just a matter of minutes. Role what should we expect to see in game one? Man, Giannis is playing. Uh, so I just got the alert that Giannis is playing this game, uh, which I'm surprised. Uh, I, I feel, I feel like, um, he should, well, he should rest this out. I think the way Milwaukee was playing without him, uh, should have gave him, given him a couple more games to kind of rest up a hyperextended knee. Cause I think that's, that's a serious injury regardless of what people think. That is a very serious in- injury. So he, they won't get the, the normal Giannis, but I still expect, I expect the Suns to come out firing. I, I expect Devin Booker to do, do his thing. I, I expect Chris Paul to be hungry. I, I expect Chris Paul to take this team on his, put this team on his back and lead the way. This is his first NBA finals. Uh, you know, we talked about legacy, you know, legacy games and, uh, a legacy postseason that can put you in that list of where he wants to be at in terms of all time greats. And I th- this is, a, this is, this thing is something that he wants. And we saw that in the Western Conference finals. Um, in that in that decisive closeout game, and his 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 reaction, his response after the game. So I know that to me, watching Chris Paul, I feel like he wants this so bad, and the way he plays basketball, the way he makes it difficult for the sense to lose because he doesn't turn the basketball over. I just think that's going to be hard uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Phoenix Suns. I expect to see Giannis not be one hundred percent. Because he did this in the bubble last season. Yeah. He got to come back too soon, and he got hurt all over again. So I expect to see something similar. And then I all automatically expect to see on social media the narrative that the Suns got a hobbled Lakers team, a hobbled Lakers You know team. what? Okay. They played, yeah. they, 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 they played a, a Kawhi-less Clippers team. Yeah. It, and now uh, injured uh, injured Giannis and the Bucks. I, I can already see it coming yeah. tonight. I yeah. believe if Giannis does not look 100%, I but, can totally see that people are going to try to put an asterisk on this team. But, 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 excellent basketball. I will, I will say this though, Ray, to, to, to be real with you though. Like, I'm not, I don't get, I don't do the asterisk thing. I don't. But I will say this. If this was like, I want to get your opinion because for you, if this was the Lakers and this went through the same thing, right? What would your, what would you, would you say the same exact thing? You get what I'm saying? No, because I'm not that guy. Okay. Okay. Let's make it sure. Like, all right. Like, for, for example, I, I saw the Lakers. I told you numerous times, especially in the bubble. I'm like, wow, I didn't know the Lakers had this many haters. Yeah. Between last season and this season mm-hmm. and LeBron as well, I was like shocked. Like, listen, I, I don't, I didn't like the bubble. We didn't like it at times. Don't <laughs> let, let's be honest. However, yeah. our, our conclusion was, as a group, as, as, as a show was, everybody dealt with the same circumstances. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Also, we know that role players such as KCP at the time, Chris Middleton, we knew that without a crowd, some of the role players would play much better yeah. in the show. However, Dame was one of the people that put it out there. This was easy. We didn't have to travel. Like, I'm fresh for, the, for every game. Yeah. You know, I don't have to play against a pros and crowd. We're all playing on a level playing field. So as a result, I say it is what it is. Yeah. Um, if the Lakers playing with LeBron James, of course, people would say that the injuries. However, Golden State they they got the same knock at first because they played an injured Cavs team in that finals. However, yeah. they came back and they repeated that success. Yeah, and they shut the haters up. Of course, yeah. that's what they'll have to do. They'll yeah. have to shut the haters down. But what I'm saying is, when Denver beat Portland, nobody said, "Oh man, without Jamal Murray, this is so impressive." They just said Denver's a good team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, who's I agree. Who's a star? They knocked out a, a, a pretty awesome player in Damian Lillard, who is an emerging superstar himself. Oh, he's a superstar. Yeah, beat them. And swept them. They swept them. That's why. And, and yeah, never had the MVP and an up and coming, yeah. up and coming Michael Porter Jr. As I just said, so you wouldn't put an asterisk on that series. But as soon as you know Kawhi is not in the lineup, and Kawhi was in the lineup when they struggled against Dallas. Yeah, it's just a, a way of hating on a team and emerging superstar is Devin Booker. Period. Yeah, I, I, the, my thing is that I, I get the response by the people about um, these teams on 100. percent I get it. Like I get the response, but to me, I'm not gonna like denigrate what they're doing you know what i'm saying because they're still playing great basketball like when you watch them on the court when they're playing whoever like again paul george by himself i mean in the last two games they beat a good dallas team right everybody i mean it was dallas no sorry utah sorry excuse me utah with donovan mitchell you know what i'm saying and that was a thing too like i'm with you with injuries because i i hate i hate 
what people use it when the team isn't playing well, right? They do that all the time. Like, for instance, Donovan Mitchell was dropping like 50, 40. Then as soon as the Clippers started beating, oh, Donovan Mitchell's hurt. He's playing injured. But the dude was just going 50, 40 consistently. Now, all of a sudden, he has a couple bad games. Now he's hurt. Like, now he's hurt. That's what we're going to do. Like, we can't use that excuse. So, to your point, the Clippers were playing great ball. They beat the, they beat the number one seed, the Utah Jazz. They play, they play the Suns, and you can't use that. Like, you can't use that argument because they just beat the number one seed. They played the Suns, a good team. Um, you played the Lakers. You had LeBron. We talked about LeBron. Regardless of – LeBron is still one of the better players of, in the league, regardless of what. And you beat them, you know what I mean, in, a, in six. So – and then you swept Denver with the MVP. Regardless of that, you swept the MVP. Like that, that's, you swept the MVP. There's no injury about anything. I don't care if Jamal Murray is out. You swept the MVP. All right, that's the MVP of the league. You swept them. So it it is what it is. Like this team to me has played great basketball. They've been the best team in the postseason when healthy. Um, I still think they've been the best team in the postseason if, when when the other teams are healthy. To be honest with you, uh, because just by the eye test, you see what Chris Paul brings to the table. And and also, truth be told, wasn't Chris Paul hurt? Do don't they use? Can we use that Chris for the? Paul and Devin yeah, but well, I'm talking about Chris Paul missed games though, bro. I'm talking about missing games. Chris Paul missed games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Chris Paul missed games and and was playing on that shoulder and he had the COVID thing. So like, yeah, this has been this team has been this team has gone through it too. Like this team has gone through that same that same excuse process. Like that it has like they could have. They could have folded when Chris Paul's shoulder went, I mean, got jacked up, but they didn't. They could have folded when Chris Paul was caught up with COVID, but they didn't. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at it for real, this team, you know, when we hear about MVP candidates, Chris Paul could have been the MVP because this team wasn't, the, they wasn't this good last season. They added Chris Paul and look how good they are. So they missed, they were missing that piece. And they were still able to win basketball games in the postseason. So they've dealt with the same thing. I expect, again, I said this, I said this before. I said this, I think it was last week. And I'm going to say it this week. If you really want to keep it 100, this team has been the best team in the postseason. All right. It, it is what it is. And you can look at the, re- and look at the resume. The resume speaks for itself. They knocked out the defending champions. They knocked out last year's Western Conference, uh, uh, Western Conference Finals participate in the Denver Nuggets. They knocked out. The, they knocked out. You know the Clippers, who just beat up who, with Paul George, who just beat the number one seed in the whole West. They have the best resume going into this, in, going into the finals, in my opinion. The best resume. If you're going through one, two, three, they have the best resume coming into it. Milwaukee played Atlanta. They the toughest team they played was Brooklyn, and they beat. I forgot who they beat in the first round. Right? Who they beat in the first round? Who? Milwaukee. Who they beat in the first round? Milwaukee. Yeah. They beat the Heat. The Heat. So their resume isn't. I mean, I don't care if you said the West. The Heat, the Heat wasn't playing good basketball anyway. But anyway, so that you, I would take the clip. I would take what the Suns have done to get to this point over what Milwaukee did. So to me, you're gonna get like in this series, like you're going to get some motivated dudes, man. And to your point, Ralph, they're gonna be extra motivated because they know the hate's coming. Yo. They won so many games on the road. They closed out the Clippers on the road. Yeah. They they beat Denver twice on the road. They beat the Lakers on the road, dude, yeah. twice. Yeah. Like like I don't like LeBron James is not an easy out. LeBron is not a different LeBron. But I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. From Russell Westbrook to Joel Embiid to LeBron James, there were so many injuries from the A seeds all the way to the number one seed to Donovan Mitchell. Every team has dealt with injuries. Bottom line. Prominent players miss games on most teams, like you just said, including Phoenix. Yeah. So let's call it how it is. People just want their narratives to work out. When Chris Paul went down, everybody thought Phoenix was done. I, I saw them. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, Chris, Chris Paul is cursed, and it's so sad. They th- yeah. This was his best chance. And, but now it didn't work out like that. Now you're going to use injury. I remember when Kendrick Perkins was hurt when the Lakers beat the Celtics. Oh, the Lakers man. Lakers had to take down KG and Bro. Pierce and, and Ray Allen. But Doc Rivers says they didn't face our five yet because we didn't have – Come on, man. Like, yo, every team is dealing with injuries. Kobe played with a mask on with, with, with a messed up pinky finger. It's just, he was Kobe Bryant. He didn't miss games. Mm-hmm. But Kobe, if, if that was anybody else, he would have missed games. Yeah. Kobe Bryant said, I can't even feel my pinky on my shooting hand. Yep. Dude, injuries happen. And I know it's frustrating with your favorite team. Like, if this was the Wizards and the Wizards didn't have Brad, they got yeah. to have, like, you know what, we had Brad. Of course, I'm going to say that. <laughs> we're talking about a lot of haters. We're talking about haters going after the Suns. It's not about your favorite team. It's about you hating on a team because you didn't want them to win it. Period. Facts. 
Facts, man. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm hoping that this series will be epic, though. They say every five years we get an epic final. They said, and really? I think five years ago is when LeBron, his, his Cleveland team came uh, back against um, that Golden State team 3 1. So hopefully. hopefully we'll get an epic final. And, and five years before that was OKC going against um, going against LeBron James in the finals. Well, no, no, it was Dirk. It was Dirk 2011 versus the Heat? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Great finals with these two. I'm rooting for Monty, though. I'm of course, bro. You got to. So you got and to. Plus, I kind of like said this was going to happen like before the playoffs. You did. Started. So I you did say it. So you got to have people posting this Phoenix crap. Yeah, it's you, annoying. You did, bro. Like you know, so I get credit when credit is due. You know, what I'm saying that you, you you pulled my move I did last year. I respect that. You know, what I'm saying that like, you 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 have, you have like you have like a a, 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 a Wole moment. I appreciate that, dog. Like real talk. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you calling stuff like what they did last year. All right, so my man George oh, man. <laughs> tweeted. You, <laughs> you know it, bro. <laughs> Rick Martell, arrogance, arrogance. Rick Martell. Uh, even my man, my man George uh, tweeted said even before Kawhi got hurt, Phoenix was in control of that series. Paul George was good enough to win Game Five, and the Suns did a, a did a job on playoff P and put them out in Game Six. Agreed, George. Man, like I totally agree with you, man. So Ray, who do you have winning? The, well, I know I know who you have winning the series, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Who do you have winning the series? But most importantly for you. Who would be your Who will be your Finals MVP? I have I have the Suns, and I have them in six. Okay. I want to say five. I I, I switched it from five to six just now, just because I can't even sit here in front. Milwaukee is a great home crowd. Yeah. It's gonna to be tough to go there and and take uh and take. I, I well, I'm sorry. Let me take this back. I do think they can win in Milwaukee just based on what they've done. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Milwaukee will still win in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. If, if, Gian, if Giannis isn't 100%, they still have shown, just like the, the Suns, that they can win a game. So I expect them to still win in Phoenix. So I'm going to say Suns at six. I want to say five just to throw that out there as a stand because if Suns win at five, I wouldn't be shocked. However, I would love to see them celebrate in front of the home crowd. Chris Paul is the MVP. He is ready for this moment. Mm-hmm. This is what he's been dreaming about, and this was to cement his legacy and his him being a Hall of Famer, period. There'll be no argument or discussion about Chris Paul. Really, Chris Paul could ride off into the sunset after this. Real, Real talk. I was oh, thinking, you know, that's a good sunset. Yeah. You, you, you know what? No pun intended. No pun intended. And that's a good, you know what? That's, that's not a bad thought, bro, bro. You ain't lying. He really could. Um, I, I, I have the Suns winning in seven, and I have Chris Paul being, um, fi- I, have, I have Chris Paul being finals MVP. Um, I, I think it has great potential. This is without Giannis or with Giannis. I think the team can still do the same. About the same thing. I just think that you got Drew Holiday, you got uh, Middleton, who you know has been playing, who's been playing good ball of late in the postseason. Um, I like the team. You got Brook Lopez. I think I like the the, the Brook Lopez DeAndre Ayton matchup is going to be something something tough, dog. Real talk. I think it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, but I do think there's a lot of intriguing matchups in this series. Um, but I do that. I just think the, in terms of coaching, I'm putting you know Monty gets the advantage, and then you got the best coach on the floor in Chris Paul. So yeah, I just feel like with those two situate two individuals, I just feel like this is a winning situation for the Phoenix Suns. And, and obviously, they got the dog Devin Booker. Like, come on, man, that's an animal. You know, what I mean, you got that's a dude who won it. Like, he got a, he a different he a he a young killer. That's a different type of beast. And that's a dude who's not scared of the moment. You can't say that about Giannis. I, you, you know, Giannis can be scared, but Devin Booker ain't scared. Um, on a uh, on Facebook in this uh, in this uh, NBA debate group uh, my man Chris said he has the Bucks winning and Drew Holiday being the um finals MVP. I like Drew. I'm a, you know, I do like Drew. I root for Drew too because I just, you know, I think it's kind of dope that the dudes that left Milwaukee uh left New the New Orleans have an opportunity. Both had an opportunity to win championship. One, you know, had Anthony Davis last year and then Drew have an opportunity this year uh, to win a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it's kind of funny too that you look at the Houston Rockets, you have uh PJ Tucker and Chris Paul having an opportunity to win a championship, but a dude who went to Brooklyn trying to team up with Kevin Durant couldn't do it. So I think that's funny too. So this is there are a lot of storylines in this within this series though, but a lot of storylines. A lot of storylines. You can't have it to a better duo than Chris Paul and Monty Williams. I agree, man. man. That's, I agree. That's just I agree, man. My, my storyline going in is those two guys. I feel like deserve it. All that Monty's been through, man. That's the to me, real talk. I mean, it's cool for Chris Paul because you know you you respect greatness, but that's to me. We talking about better like people like Monty Williams. Like I don't even think that's even debatable, man. I think Monty Williams is, and even if you didn't, if you didn't know his story and just heard him during interviews, 
and and whatnot, like you you can pretty much grasp the what kind of guy he is. And even I, I mean, just I mean, I mean we were te- texting each other uh, when they beat um, the Clippers, and how like he didn't. I, and I was like, yo, I was like, yo, come on, man, interview Monty. Like, come on, interview Monty, interview Monty. Like, where's Come on, y'all ain't doing a good job. But he explained, like, man, it wasn't even about me. It's about my guys. I wanted them to get all the time. You know what I mean? And I was like, dang, you got so many coaches who clout chase, clout chase. They want to be in front of the TVs, like, like Suge Knight. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like Suge Knight, they want to be in front of the TVs. You know what I'm saying? They want to, you know what I'm saying? Want to show themselves or whatnot. But nah, Monty's just be chilling. He was like, man, it's all about, it's all about my players. You know, and and I appreciate that, man. I really do. But it's time to close this show out. Hey, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Tune In, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, which is Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the amp of the amp pyre media shows as well as other great content again we appreciate you all for listening to listening to us and rocking with us you know for the urban sports scene overtime session anyway you've been listening to the urban sports scene for ages you dig deuces a mega lead us out big homie